Well, welcome everybody here to the Storied Podcast. It is um, a beautiful March 27th day here in Minnesota, and I'm sure it's probably beautiful over there. We have, it's me, Ryan Wiersma, and uh, Ruben Fry here on the line. Um, yep. I'm out here in Missoula, Montana, and it's, uh, I don't know, what what do you got over there, Ryan? Right now we got the sun setting. It's about 40 degrees in the blue sky, but it was really wintry the last few days for late March. Yeah, it's it's starting to get dark here, and it was 50 today, so I'm happy with that. Most of the snow's gone, and time for spring, and time for spring means turkeys. So that's what the talk here today is we're going to start talking about turkey hunting. It's just around the corner. Um, I don't, when does it start for you guys in Montana? April 15th. So we're looking down the barrel of turkey season in 18 days, which is, or 19 days, March is 31 days, huh? Um, which is crazy to think because we got about four inches of snow yesterday and it's still in the mountains like getting down to sub 10 at night and i think bozeman just got two feet of snow yesterday yeah that you guys have been getting hammered i guess everywhere has been getting hammered it's either cold or snow one of the two but turkeys probably won't even be gobbling yet no i'm kidding you know i actually (laughs) have seen two pairs of strutters in the last week driving around so i mean even if it's cold out once that uh photo period gets to the right yep. spot they'll do the damn thing yep exactly they'll, they know what time of year it is but, so do i <laughs> yep exactly so that's what we'll be talking about today but i think the way we'll start it off here is what did you have for dinner wild game wise or your last wild game meal what was it tell me yeah. about it <laughs> i think that's just a good way to gauge like i feel like in in uh Ways that we don't always understand what we've eaten recently kind of molds how we're doing a little bit. And I just had some uh, pronghorn antelope tacos, and they were fantastic. And it's not just any old pronghorn tacos. It's the Montana pronghorn. This is the football, you know, that nice round muscle group in the rump. And I actually cooked this thing last week uh, as a roast with a big rub on the Traeger. And just getting kind of like slicing different cuts off and using it for different things ever since then. And I just finished the rest of it by dicing it up because, you know, they get kind of like the connected tissue at the ends of the football there. So it's like I just kind of like sliced it up, chopped it up real fine and tossed it in the skillet and made some tacos. And it was really, really good, especially after you let those things sit in the fridge for like four days after you cook them and not really all the flavors start to get in yeah, all that's the meat. A thing. Yeah absorb all that stuff a little extra day to marinate pretty much but what what did you eat but yeah so i guess t- today tonight i didn't have wild game but last night i made some uh vietnamese style uh shaking elk in a walk i um made a little dry uh rub on it and put it in a walk and had um i don't know put it with like mirin and stuff like that and over some spring spring greens because it's spring coming around and then had some rice on it too and that turned out amazing i yeah. have to say i was not expecting you to say that you, you definitely why won out, you won out to me on that one i want i want tacos and you went vietnamese and a yeah come on yeah that one that is one of my favorites so in the winter time i made you know that big wild game platter and i had what antelope elk cougar 
turkey, all that stuff I had. And that was one of the recipes. And uh, Kayla, my girlfriend, was wanting something. I'm like, you know what? That would be let's let's make that again. So it's that amazing. Sounds, yeah, that, that sounds like, like something. the dressing on top is like lime and sugar. And oh, I don't know why it just hits a spot. And then that elk, you know, it kind of marinated, dry rubbed in there, cooked quick in a wok, and then over some rice. It that is a heck of a heck of a recipe. So now I guess we'll probably have to retouch on a lot of these animals with these meals because we, you know, only have so many animals that make a bunch of our meals. But where do you get that elk? Uh yeah, in Wyoming. That was uh, the elk I took uh, rifle hunting. Um, it was antlerless tag, so we went to, out to Wyoming with some family and Sweet. got herself an elk. Yeah, and it was tasty. It was a young one, so <laughs> well, it's tasty regardless. So yeah, elk is hard to beat. Pronghorn yeah. is close, close to I, it though. Pronghorn's pretty good. I agree. That might be my favorite. Yeah, so I shot that pronghorn in eastern Montana this past fall with my buddy Alec. You've met Alec, um, yep. and we. Uh, the the buck I shot was my first pronghorn buck. I shot a doe, you know, the trip that we went out with the other guys to Wyoming in 2020 and you shot that buck. But uh, this buck I shot and then immediately got down and Alec got up and shot another doe out of the group because we had both had a buck and a doe tag. So we, we did a perfect double. I dropped the buck and he made a good shot, actually two chest shots on that doe as it was, uh, it wasn't running the first shot. It stopped and looked back and then you've had a follow-up shot and both of them are 12 ringers. So I feel like that's yeah. the hardest thing to do. If you try to plan that, that would have not happened, but it just, we so... did plan it. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah. We, we, oh, we came in on this herd. <laughs> we, we came on this herd and he was, he was telling me, uh, I guess this is a story for another podcast totally, but um, like, the I was going to say, I'm like, wonder what the story is there. Yeah. I heard about we're going to go bit, on but... tangents All right. already, yep. but anyways, we did yep. plan it and, uh, it was a boom, boom. And it never happens like that. And it did that time. And it was fantastic. Bingo. <sighs> there you so go. For the story at hand. Um, well, I guess besides also, what did you eat? Which that was, that yeah. was a kick-ass I mean, we... way to start off that topic we're... from you, but, uh, yeah, we haven't, we haven't really talked in a while. So, yeah, what you been up to in the woods, like in the last week or two weeks? Oh, I mean, snow kind of cleared, so I went out and did some shed hunting and found one shed on public land. But just uh, this weekend, I got out and it's catch and release season here in Minnesota for trout. And I'm like, you know what? I've always hunted these areas of public property, but I've never trout fished. And I would see big browns and stuff running off. And I'm like this would be the best time to go out, <laughs> try, try to catch somebody. So went out and got some okay Browns, some good quality brook trout for around here. But, but otherwise, yeah, it was just a nice walk in the woods. Nice to actually get out and see a little sun too. But, Oh yeah, that's always great. Was that in that spot um, that I went with you yeah. to check those cameras one time? Yeah. Yeah, so the, there a flood came through and carved out some giant holes in there <laughs> and, it's primo um, uh, trout habitat because it's all kind of just left alone. The wood everywhere, there's snag. It's kind of hard to fish because you don't really, you can't bat cast. I, yeah, it's it's tough, but I'm sure a lot more fish got educated than I caught. So, <laughs> <laughs> but how about I've you? Fishing, I've been fishing a little bit too. Um, this past weekend was a real downer for any 
early spring related activities around Missoula because Saturday kind of started to get nasty and Saturday night through Sunday it snowed. So basically, you know, I've been trout fishing and doing a lot of like late winter, early spring nymphing. And those, the best days to do that are generally sunny days in the forties because you get those hatches coming up with just the barely, you know, a little bit of water temperature rise with the sun. Um, and uh, I caught a really nice rainbow, actually the biggest wild rainbow I've ever caught uh, last weekend, not this oh, past weekend, two weekends ago. I was pushing, it was about 19, maybe 20 inches um, in the uh, Bitterroot River, actually, which isn't really giving anything away because it's a very big river. <laughs> That's a big stream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then I was going to, you know, try to get some sheds and I did do a hike midweek after work because it was nice weather and found more boot tracks than... Yeah, well, I didn't find any sheds. And then um, and then this past weekend, I was going to either do one or the other and uh, ended up not doing either because it was cold and not sunny. So that's bad for fishing. And then it snowed more than just a dusting. So uh, that's really bad for shed hunting. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, uh, anyways, it was this past weekend was kind of indoors. But just before the weekend, I was doing some stuff messing around out there. You uh, semi-scouting for turkeys when you're out there looking for sheds? You know, Ryan, I am always <laughs> looking for turkeys I, no matter what time of year. I uh, actually heard something the other wind in that valley, and I'm like, all right, well, all right, here we go. <laughs> I oh, mean, you we're did? Trout, yeah, we're trout fishing, but I'm like, oh, well, we got one spot. I don't know. I was seeing turkey tracks. I walked another piece, and I saw some turkey tracks. So Yeah, got, I saw... We got options. I saw a, cu- a couple groups of strutters, but like normal in Montana, like they're either in neighborhoods or uh, ag land in the bottom on private during the winter. Yeah. And we have so much snow still, and it's been so cold. I am kind of fearful that like the first you- weekend normally is pl- playing the private public boundary out here in Montana so hard because they, they winter in those bottoms. And so like – uh they don't really disperse and get off of that private as much early season. And now that we have such late snow, I feel like that's even going to be worse like later into the season this year before they really start moving out. Cause those food sources in the woods, I mean, there's still snow in the woods, like a lot of snow. Do you, so, yeah. You still got snow all in the valleys there by Missoula and stuff. Oh yeah. I mean, that's we, crazy. we, yeah. we don't have really much in town, but you go right up, uh, you go out of town 20 minutes in like one of the, you know, steeper valley walls where it doesn't get quite as much sun. And there's literally two feet on the ground in the bottom, which is nuts for almost April. Mm -hmm. But anyways, so yeah, I mean, I've been, I've been definitely getting ready though. I've been getting the itch and it's just kind of hard because, uh, with all the snow, it's like, I don't even know how I should get out there and like look around and scout, but like I'm pretty sure those birds are still really at the bottom of the valleys and mostly on private. Yeah, they're probably still in those, you know, winter little groups, those kind of bachelor groups slash young Jake groups and family groups, really. And they probably won't break apart till a few weeks into season, really. Yeah, I mean, I. I don't even know if they're in any groups. I think they're in one group. I think one group. all where there's available food. Yeah, true, true. <laughs> but so yeah, we're but we were um well we've been turkey hunting together. Th- quite that a was few like times. the first first thing we really ever did together. 
was turkey hunting. I mean, you maybe kind of sparked uh, something under my butt to get back into turkey hunting because, you know, you would be like, oh, let's go turkey hunting. And I'm like, well, I don't really care. I'll, I'll go with you, <laughs> you know? Yeah, because I remember when we met and, you know, you were talking about, you know, living not that far from Stevens Point and having that property and everything. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's always... It's always really beating around the bush, like, oh, Ryan, yeah, yeah, could I go maybe shoot a deer on your property? But when I brought up turkeys, you were just kind of like, yeah, let's go shoot some turkeys. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> um, and uh, and we did not know what the hell we were doing. No, no, it, yeah, it's still, I mean, I'm if, if you ever see me shoot a turkey, it's like anybody can go in there and shoot a turkey. <laughs> but just because it's like, ah, I'm not that good of a caller. I maybe understand the animals pretty good, but you know, I'm not, I'm not getting a smart, smart bird. Yeah. Um, but you do, do yeah, your maybe. homework. you do your yep. homework and you get in on them. And like, that's, yep. that's a lot of it. I mean, you can be a great caller and even in this early season stuff, when they're flocked up, hend up, it's like, you might be able to call them over 50 yards, but you're not going to call a gobbler over a quarter mile if it has hens. Like you're just not going to do it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So you got to be in on them, and I feel like that's where you're pretty good, especially with your whitetail and stuff. You're a sneaky bastard. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's that's the key. That's what I, that's how I play it. Let just get in. You know, if I do my homework good enough, I probably don't even have to make a peep because <laughs> I know where they're coming from and I know where they're going. So, and that's kind of how played into the story we're about to tell right here yeah that's a good segue that's exactly yeah. the tactic we yeah. used yeah so, reverse, so that was 2019 or yeah where are we 18, going 18 18 this five years ago can you believe that holy crap we're getting old yeah we both just turned 30 you know in the last few months here yeah yeah um feeling younger and like a young whippersnapper still but <laughs> I think I'm hitting my peak. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, so. But all right, back to the story. Yeah, let's let's go into the story here. We've been rambling for a while. Um, yeah. Why don't you set it up? Because you lived there where we yeah. were hunting. Okay. And you were the whole first part of the story before I arrived out there from Illinois. Yeah, so I mean, in 2018, were you, you were back going to grad school in eastern Illinois, correct? I had just got accepted and I was between my job and going to grad school in like June 1st. So this was like May for me that year was like, I could do whatever I wanted. Nice. Yeah. 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 And I guess we planned all that and going into it, I knew you wanted to come out for you know, shed hunting or turkey, turkey hunting or I mean, even didn't we talk about uh, catching some brook trout up in the up in the? Well, that's that's what this that's what it, it initially became. Well, you you could tell the backstory of why, but yeah, when I decided to go out there, that's what we were gonna do because tell tell the turkey situation. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, going into this, we still wanted to shoot a turkey, and I I had pretty good uh, pins on a few like nice toms. And I would keep driving, going, driving around every day and locating these birds. And, you know, like a early hunter, 
or an unexperienced hunter, I don't even know, just an honest person would say he would probably go to a friend or a coworker and be like, oh yeah, I saw this Tom up Canyon. I've, I've seen some other birds here, here, not totally there, but I told him I saw one bird up Canyon and it was the easier bird to get. And boom, <laughs> someone, uh, not, he didn't have, they didn't have a permit, but um, he knew someone that did have a permit and story went around and they went and shot that Tom. And then another time they shot another bird and I'm like, oh my gosh. But, but I guess not to get too far ahead too. Um, I, I lived at a state fish hatchery at the time. And so a lot of times the, the turkeys would come down into our canyon to winter and then they would break off from there. So all winter there was multiple toms in the wintering group by the, by the hatchery, which you could not hunt by the hatchery just on the outskirts was public and there was some private mixed in. But, um, so pretty much I was watching birds all, all winter just cause they lived <laughs> with me. And then, um, they started to break up. And, um, so I started to watch where they're breaking up to and some of the neighbors and that were kind of on them too. And or actually kind of playing off of what I was seeing and, and shooting them as well. So, at that point, the ones next to the hatchery were kind of all shot up because I knew there was three toms in that, that group and three toms were shot. So, <laughs> and I was trying to go up farther into the foothills to try to find them. And I just would find tra a few tracks here, there, some hens, rogue hens that were probably on nests, you know? And I'm like, I don't know, Ruben, like, I don't think it's worth, you know, a hundred bucks. What was it? A hundred dollars. It was expensive. Yeah. It was expensive because I forget what each part cost, but I had to buy a out of state hunting license, upland license and the turkey tag. So I think all in all, Ooh. the tag would have cost 160 some dollars. Yeah. Yeah, and for a guy going to that, med school, I was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> for that, I'm like, ah, it's not, I don't feel good about it. Like, we could potentially work and potentially get a shot, but I didn't feel like it was going to be a kind of a guarantee situation. So we just were like, let's just go shed hunting. And, um, well, I think we wanted to go, we definitely wanted to shed hunt, but we also wanted uh, brook trout yeah, brook fish. Trout. Uh, yeah. Cause I, you know, I could go up and try to catch brookies like where you live now from Chicago area is not that far to do a weekend up there. And we know you remember Chris over there on the Wisconsin side. Yeah. Like, yeah. so I could have gone, but like, you know, the brook trout well, around there are what, what's a big, what's a really I, big brook trout for you to catch in the streams there, Ryan. And you, you raise them. So you should probably, Oh, know. shoot. <laughs> the sad part is the ones that we stock are probably like the biggest you're going to catch. It's, it's kind of like the yeah i mean we take the gametes and eggs from the stream of the adults and i mean they're 12 to 13 inches <laughs> exactly so i like i like i like new experiences in general and i really want i hadn't really scratched that trout itch much until then i've been like you know visiting aj in colorado and we'd fly fish up some you know little brookies and rainbows and browns here and there and stuff but like i, I really hadn't trout fished much so i was like you know fly fishing for you, what like you know high teens brook trout in well, yeah, Utah we, Mountain Lake that sounds like something I want to do yeah we I mean I worked 
in these lower mountain ranges. I, we stocked all these lakes by plane and hiked in horseback. So I got to know them enough. And I'm like, Ruben, there's potential for definitely 20 plus inch brook trout. And ho- hopefully we can get it. That's what I, I was maybe not really embellishing, but I mean, my first brook trout in Utah was 20 inches. That's crazy. It, it was my first one. I like kind of tied up a fly a little bit on it. Didn't know what I was doing. Didn't have like, I had, I think I just had like a mono leader. I didn't even have like a tapered leader or anything. I just had like a tippet on and I threw it out there and got a 20 inch brookie. So I'm like, you don't have to be that good a fisherman. If I'm catching them, we can get into them. So that yeah. was the main, main focus going into it. Yeah, so and then I'm like, might turkeys. as well shed hunt to, to. Well, I think that was, I think there was three big things and we only had like two days, maybe three, but it was like, I really wanted to shoot a Turkey cause I, I shot a Rio the year before when I lived in Vernal area. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, Oh, you got Merriam's down there. Let's yep. try that. But then after your uh, prognosis of the turkeys in the area, <laughs> yeah, uh, you're like, ah, you might want to scratch that just because, like, I mean, if it's worth the money for you to shoot one, that's fine. But I just don't think we're going to shoot one. And you were coming in late, too. So Utah's opener, they have a youth hunt um, end of April for a week. And then they go into anybody can buy a tag. There's no seasons. It's May 1 to May 31st. Mm-hmm. and so you buy a tag and you can hunt whatever so you were coming mid-may and yeah. you you season turkeys have already gotten shot that i know and then all of a sudden the first few seasons some got shot yeah and so like, so then we were cool. like yeah so then i was like well you know what that's not a big loss i mean i'd like to hunt one but like i mean where you were at there's so many things to do and yeah. and so we're like let's go we'll go up we'll fish this lake and hopefully catch some brook trout which we did um and you got, you got a uh, mounter out of that there's it, one yeah, on your wall right it's it's within <laughs> arm's reach of where i'm talking from right there now. you go there uh you go. wasn't quite 20 but it was good now, old 16 ish yeah and and just because i had the taxidermy hookup i was like might as well throw it that's still my no that's not so my biggest biggest brick trout actually um yep. i've caught bigger ones in one of our but, lakes out here in montana but yeah it's nice it was a nice trout yeah um so but yeah, so now we're going to the, story. The, That's the this, background. Yep, the story this starts is, to turn though because this got is little, where it gets into turkey hunting. <laughs> we got a little ahead of ourselves. Yep. Um, because you you the were background. calling me, turkeys are getting shot. You found more turkeys. They're getting shot. Maybe maybe you don't tell everybody where the turkeys are, but they yep, get shot. Beginner <laughs> lesson. That yeah, that it's open your mouth. Like I didn't know anybody, so it's like you got to talk to someone, and I talked to the wrong people, and I never thought someone would do that. Like be like, oh yeah, I'm. I, I was on the back of a doctor's appointment, coming back, and I'm like, oh, there's some turkeys. Boom. Next thing you know, it it's dead, and they show up, and yeah. I'm like, holy crap, that is not. Yeah, whatever. It happened. Yeah. So, yeah. So that was going on. So then I didn't buy a turkey tag, and we're going, going to catch some brook trout. We're driving up the mountain to go catch the brook trout. And what do we see? A tom. Do you remember that? When we were going up to brook trout fish, I have it on video. No, we we weren't. We were, we were, no, 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 no. No, this was. This is not the time. This is not the time that we hunted. Okay, gotcha. Sorry. This is not the time we hunted, but we were going up the mountain 
and there's a Tom right there. Like it wasn't a Jake either. It was like a full on Tom. Like, I think it was like half strut too. Cause like we drove past it and it did one of those, it did one of those like strutting Turkey things where like, he knows that he wants to get away from this truck, but also there was a hen somewhere close. So he like, just was like half strut running. Like he didn't was like, <laughs> didn't you or I call out the window and he gobbled back. Oh, <laughs> I'm just... sure. And just gobbled. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh shoot! I'm like that. That that's we could have we could have we could definitely got the road thumper out and taken care of that one real quick. But yeah. you know yeah. what? That would have been maybe back then. I would have no. been happy with that. But I now I wouldn't rather. I would rather not do that. That wouldn't but, have been a story, folks. Yeah, road hunting so, isn't as fun as actual hunting. Yeah. So we 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 saw that turkey. And we're like, oh, by golly, we could have definitely shot that thing. Um. <laughs> but it, we're, we're, this is like way past where Ryan would have been scouting. I mean, this was like what hour plus hour 15 mm-hmm. from like your place. I think it's yeah. 20 minutes. And then that road is just an hour to drive yeah. down. Yeah. So then we went out or hour up that dirt road. Once you get to the dirt road, it's an hour up to that lake. <laughs> yeah, we were in the middle of nowhere. And so yeah. we, we, we went out there, we caught some fish, got some good footage, got a mounted, got some food, um, yeah, came back down the mountain and then, on we, that one. huh? We got a video on that one. We do. It's like pretty rough. Yeah, it's um, an old one, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but a good but, one. Yeah, this is fine. Um, so then we went down to the valley, and we're going to cross this other mountain range to shed hunt the next day. And we're we're rolling in, and it's like the bottom is a really wide open valley. And like if you've ever been to southern Utah, there's just there's just these huge finger benches that go for miles before it actually hits any like kind of real cliffs and like in between the benches you have cliffs and canyon but like there's just these big sage flats that just go up gradually until it gets to a point and then it's kind of like i don't know it's a lot of that plateau country so it's like big open areas you can see everything and then you'll have like a set of cliffs and then it'll be again a plateau above that correct me if i'm wrong it's kind of like what it was no i think one thing too about this mountain range that we crossed over we went from a very heavily wooded mountain range with a lot of lakes on the one side then we went over and a fire came through in a year of some sort like not too long ago and it kind of wiped that whole bench out so it was very open and if there was any trees now they're just twigs and so yeah. the only thing like standing now is maybe small in the stream. And, yeah, yeah just in the stream, only in the stream. So yeah. we're rolling Very in there. Over. Good, you know, good elk winter range. And we're going in mm-hmm. there to try to find some elk sheds, mule deer sheds, all that. And we're going up this road. And I mean, I don't know what the riparian zone is in that area. It's got to be like a hundred, less than a hundred meters wide. I mean, <laughs> <Yep>. there's not <laughs> much there. Especially on that mountain range. There's yeah. not, it's tight. It's there's not a lot of riparian zone on there. Yeah. So we're driving up and we're like, okay, we're going to find a place to park and truck camp because it's getting near dark and uh, we're going to go and shed hunt in the morning. And um, we're driving we're like, oh, that looks like a good campsite right there. It's like a pullout with a pretty big flat area next to a stream next to the stream. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yep. Yep. And we actually ended up camping the, the, a couple years later for shed hunting. Uh, but <laughs> then we keep driving <laughs> just past turkeys. it. Yeah, we keep driving just past it. And wouldn't you know, but like, I don't know what, seven, eight, nine hens and then uh, Strut and Tom following them just goes right across the road in front of us. But they flew. We like, we came around the corner there in the road. Yeah, and then they all them. flew and they flew across the creek 
and landed on the hillside, which was open sage. And then like, just as soon as they land, like the Tom starts strutting again. Right. I mean, yeah. like they, they, yeah, they flew yeah, I, away. Maybe one hen got real spooked and the flock followed her. And the Tom was just like, Oh, there go my hens. Like he didn't care at all. Yeah. And so he starts strutting again. And it's like, this is so picturesque too. Cause like the sun's going down and it, I, pretty sure like it was shining through his fan from the behind side and you i was just see, gonna say the sun was going yeah it was yeah keep going it was you yeah, could see you could see in his tail fan that one just to the left of uh his his top tail feather there was a little notch like like there was a little, little notch interrupted, in fan. Interrupted yeah it wasn't feather, like yeah. it didn't look like it was gone but it was just like a little sure. shorter than the rest of them and so we we're just stopped. We look at each other and we're just like, "Are you kidding me?" Like you know, like, here well, we go. Like, we're in the middle of we're like no, but what we in I think what yeah. we both immediately thought was like, "It's there not is, going anywhere." <laughs> there is nobody out here, and they are not going anywhere from this stream. You yeah. know, I was like, "It's like this. This is going to be like. I mean, killing turkeys isn't the easiest thing in the world, but like at least we know they're going to be here." And we pretty much know that nobody else saw these things and nobody's going to be here in the morning. Cause it's what an hour and a half drive from a gas station or something. Yeah. Something and it like was that. a weekday. And yeah. I mean, like, like you said, going back, we knew it wasn't going to go anywhere because this mountain range riparian zone was tight. There was just not the available habitat for it to wander off. It was, and it was close to dark too. So it was you know very it's close to roost. dark. Yeah. It's like that thing's not going anywhere. Like it w- within fifty to maybe a hundred, maybe a hundred yards where yeah. we're seeing it right now, and it does not care we exist. Yeah. So I remember looking at you. I'm like, I'm willing to drive if you want. You know, yeah. Because I didn't have were, a tag. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah, we didn't have a tag. So I, I think it w- it went went more into like where can we buy a tag at? Yeah, we're midnight like midnight or like you know it's dark. Yeah, we were going number one. Can you get it online in Utah with a carcass tag? I don't know if they changed that since, but you, at that Which point, you could smart. not get a yeah. you could not get a carcass tag online. I mean, even if it was, we still have to drive almost all the way back to your place to get service. Yeah, yeah. And then we're like, okay, now we can't get online. So where's the closest place to get it? Any anything is closed, any office or whatnot, and it's like, what is open? And the only thing that was open, is it 24-7 or, or was that Walmart like 10 what's, p.m. or something? What's open 24-7, Walmart? Yep. Where is the closest Walmart? Uh, what, three and a half hours away? <laughs> yeah, so where I where I lived, so we were an hour and a half away from where I lived. And then yet where I live, every time I had to go get groceries or wanted to go to a Walmart or a bigger establishment, it was an hour drive. So two and a half hours. So yeah. you're two and a half hours away from a Walmart. That Walmart, the the closest place to go get a license to buy to get a carcass tag to turkey hunt. So and and right, mind yeah. you, this is at dusk, which mid May yes. dusk is like eight. Yeah. And then mind you, sunrise is at like five thirty. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm pretty sure we got so. Yeah, long story short, we pretty much drove all the way to Walmart, had the hardest time. Then we go like, we're like, where do we get a tag at midnight 
at Walmart. Like where do yeah, you go? Yeah, I had the to Sportsman call. Center or like the sports. Yeah, I went. I, I I chased people around in there for like ten minutes trying to figure out if someone could actually sell me one. Which that was kind of like a another you know, adventure. Yeah, and, yeah. and so we. I ended up really having a hard time even at the. We already drove there, and I was kind of like, do I really want to spend this much money on this? And I'm like, because of everything we just talked about, I'm like, this is like. The only way that I'm not going to kill a turkey tomorrow is if we mess this up, you know, yeah. like right. they're there. Nobody's hunting them. We're yeah, going to have an opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I bought it and we go back and instead of going all the way back to camp where we had seen them, um, we just stopped at your place because yeah. there was a nice warm bed there. Uh, yeah. And then we got up at like, I don't know, probably three because yeah. or earlier. We we slept probably what two three hours. Yeah, you, the thing the thing you got to think about it. Like I said, it's an hour and a half to where we were. So we went to Cedar, well, or went to Walmart, and then came back, slept for an hour or two, and then it's still an hour and a half, and we got to get there before it gets light. So yeah, we had to wake up yeah super early three or something. Oh, and it was snowing. Oh, that's right. Well, that's right. Because when it happened, I was actually worried because you know how it snows and those roads get snotty. Yeah. I'm like, all right, I'm kind of worried about once it starts to thaw out a little bit of getting out of here because yeah, it might be just snotty. That but, ended up kind of being a little bit of an adventure. Definitely. But um, so yeah, we rolled in there pre-dawn back to where we've seen these turkeys, but we parked I don't know, a quarter mile shy of where we saw them, where we think they were probably roosting because they were it was so close to dark. It's like they're going to be in this stretch right here. Yep, and there's only a few tall trees. Yeah, <laughs> there's only like five pondos around there, unless yep. they wanted to roost in the cottonwoods. But where we last saw them was they were on the side of the hill. They weren't in the river bottom. Yeah, yeah. Um, so then we creep we creep in there and we we set up under this juniper. Mm-hmm. there's like a two track that crossed the stream right there so you could kind of like and we didn't have decoys or anything but we set up in this juniper we're, we're assuming i think that they come down to water and then like yeah. maybe we could like call them across or whatever that's and the, uh that's the play in the morning was it's like okay what are they gonna do there's green down in this um stream bed riparian zone and there's water so you know for sure they're gonna probably come down get some green, um, you know, insects, worms, um, grass and water. So we knew who or assumed they were going to come into that. So we set up on the opposite side of them on, um, under this juniper, this juniper or cedar, um, tree. And then, I mean, we sat there a little bit called. We sat there for a while. I think, I think we sat there for yeah. like the first half hour at least. And, didn't we, did we hear them fly? They flew out when we were walking to that tree, didn't they? Maybe, because we got there when it was getting slightly light out, but I can't remember those details super well, Um, but we were under that tree calling for a good half hour, I would say, and yeah. he didn't, that Tom did not gobble once, I don't think. No. Um, it maybe gobbled a few times up the canyon, and we probably couldn't hear it, you know. Now yeah, going we didn't back, hear we know. Him. Yeah, exactly. We didn't hear him. <laughs> yeah, so we're sitting there a while, and finally we're like, kind of like, okay, 
they're definitely somewhere around that pondo about 300 yards away and probably coming down the stream. But now we're starting to think like he's not gobbling. They're not fired up, or at least the Tom's not fired up. And I'm like, maybe we, you know, every, everything I've heard about turkeys, like you got to get past barriers. Like they, they don't really like to cross stuff that's hard to cross if they don't have to. So I'm like, maybe we need to cross this stream right here because they're on the other side. And, and you think about it too now, any vocalizations with that stream, enough of the, you know, disturbance of the sound waves yeah. could have like barricaded some sort of sound that we probably couldn't have heard and stuff. But yeah, because yeah, I don't think we heard even the hens or anything on our side, unless yeah. maybe maybe we heard them fly down, but that's loud enough where you'd hear that. Um, yeah. But anyway, so we, and there's snow all over the ground too. Mm -hmm. Um, So like the other part of it is we're trying to find some good cover because we're in, you know, normal camo, not snow camo. Um, And (laughs) it's brown and it's white out. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So we get down to the stream and uh, there, it looks smaller than it was. And there wasn't really a nice place for me to walk across. And uh, you had muck boots, I think. And I had not waterproof boots. Yeah, so, you uh, just had your old Rockies or uh, Danners. Danners, Danner yeah. pronghorns, yeah. Nice. And uh, the Shout old out. kind, the old kind that were like you know, real lot of leather and rubber. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, so so Ryan took my gun, took it across the stream, and then he piggybacked me across the stream. <laughs> I, I remember that. Yeah, you jumped on on my back and I'm like, all right, just jump on, and then I'll walk you across. Yeah, and we're mind you, we're like we're close to these turkeys so we're like really trying to not make any yeah. noise yeah um, so then we and get had, across and had to think quick really think about it it's like we're not going to sit there like a bunch of you know yeah you like we um, need to get clueless. set up we can't be like walking around being on the open because we don't know we know the turkeys are close but we don't know where they are or what they're doing mm-hmm. so we get across set up in the thick stuff right on the other side of the stream because we didn't want to push in too far and we figured they were still going to come down to the stream but we just kind of yeah. had that thought on the opposite side is like, what if they come down and just start like watering right in front of us at 75 yards? We can't shoot them, you know? Yeah. So we got on the other side and it, it wasn't long at all at that point. This is probably getting close to an hour after light. And I think we heard a hen yelping. Yep. Yeah. Or yeah. Not the alert, but yeah, he, yeah. he was just purring and yeah. And so no, she sudden, was hen clucking. Cause I remember calling or something at her. I don't, I'm, I must've had a mouth call unless I someone had a call. Someone definitely had a call because I remember her, she would, she would call back when I would call or you would call. And I'm like, Oh, you're right. So we were like hoping for a gobble. And then it was like, this hen was always responding to us. Yeah. And like, he was not worried about anything. He had his women and that's, he's displaying his infection and he's got what he wants the hen was the one that got, I feel like, mad because she would always like back cluck at us. Yeah. And well, dude, they're like that sometimes. You can call a hen no, over that gets too curious because you're like, do. who's that? I mean, their social structure is outrageous, especially for the females. I mean, the same what is going on with the males is the same as going on with the females. You know, they, they don't want another girl in their territory. So they got to come out and check check out who's this chick coming into our area you know yeah so anyways, that's exactly we, what yeah yeah what so happened. it was coming but 
we knew the whole flock was coming. We we, we figured yeah. it wasn't just one hen coming into a hen call. Um, no. Yeah. And so I was lined it was, up. It I was had, probably the matriarch kind of leading the whole group down <laughs> to the stream, really. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. Um, and I had your gun. Which what was your gun? What did oh, you got a right. Yeah, I know a Remington eight seventy, one of the oh. most common pump action shotguns. In, yeah, and you've uh, cleaned up a lot of geese. You've you've cleaned up a lot of <laughs> geese at sixty yards after people miss them with that turkey <laughs> choke in there. And so yeah. he knew the turkey choke would work because he shot geese out of the air at like 60, 70 yards with that thing. <laughs> Again, well, like everybody, you know, you begin out hunting uh, not knowing a lot. So he would leave a turkey choke in your gun uh, when you'd goose hunt. <laughs> yeah, you're just a cleanup hitter. You let us shoot yeah. first at the 30-yard shots, and then you take uh, anything that got winged, you just uh, finish her off. <laughs> I remember a sidetrack here, side note. I remember we were floating the river. And I remember looking at you or Hunter. I'm like, you don't, you think I could hit that? He's like, no. I'm like, I think I can. So I remember pulling, like, this was happening as the geese are flying, like, away from us. And I'm like, I think I can. I pulled up and, boom, I shot and there there one goes. (laughs) Is that the one you sailed, though, into that ag? Yeah. Go clean up. (laughs) Yeah, it it sailed, Hunter. Yeah, but you got it. But I got it. (laughs) Anyway, so I have that gun. And I see the hen come. It's like, let me try to do a little visual. We're in thick, high stem count, regenerating cottonwoods with a few big ones here and there. Then it cleared out to where this two track goes across and in our camp spot, which is just like short putting green grass. And then a couple more trees like goalposts and then sage behind it. And they come through the sage from goalposts tree left and are walking across that green, putting green little area. And I'm like, I'm already beat it up on, you know, the opening. I know that, like, as soon as I saw that turkey and which way they were moving, I just had my gun straight. And I literally let every single turkey walk right down my barrel. And as soon, and the Tom was like, luckily, the Tom was like slightly in the rear more than the other turkeys. So, like, he wasn't balled up with any of didn't, them. Didn't he? He kind of stayed like high. Like yeah, it was slightly. Yeah, he was slightly behind them by like five yards, and then like behind, and like not, you know, he was behind the whole group, kind of like they do a lot. I've chased way too many turkeys around that are doing that, trying to catch, sneak up on them that are just with their hens, not gobbling. And um, yeah, so he, I was like, you know, hen, 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 and then a, oh, blue head, <laughs> yeah, boom, and uh. That sucker folded. And uh, the funny part is... Hey, that turkey choke 870 does not steer anybody wrong. You know, that thing yeah. does its trick. Yeah, but the funniest part of that that shot, in my opinion, was I shot that thing dead. Like, when you shoot a turkey dead, the thing's flopping like crazy. And Ryan <laughs> sprints up there and rings this thing. Like, it's like a cri- crippled goose or hey. something. <laughs> I've seen... I've like, I've never shot a deer, but I've seen my, uh, brother-in-laws and stuff shoot deer, fold them on the ground. They get up running. Yeah. There's not a chance in heck I'm letting something go. Yeah. But I don't think, yeah. uh, Maybe it was, it could have, it could have old possum, you know, it could have been. Yeah. Well, it was just funny. Cause like you did that and, 
Um, I'm, I'm more of the mindset to not get a spur through my hand, but you were just like, let's, let's make sure this thing doesn't get away. <laughs> hey, I'm an old Polak. I don't care if there's a spur in my hand. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, anyways, yeah. So we folded them and it was kind of like, you know, uh, after all the storyline leading up to it and then like seeing the turkey before we went fishing and then seeing these turkeys and then being like, okay, there's nobody hunting them and they're going to be here going to get the tag and everything. It was just like. It was hilarious. Like I was like, uh, yeah, it was one of those kind of things where it's like the odds are just stacked against you, and then you get, I get to Utah, and it's kind of like Utah is telling me to go buy a turkey tag, and then yeah. we did, and then we killed one pretty much immediately. It was like first hour, hour and a half of light. The story is really not that that part of the hunt when the bird comes off roofs no. and comes the water. The story is all like leading up to getting a tag, to all this stuff going on. All the turkeys getting shot out. Because really, it's like, well, it was an easier hunt, per se. Nothing's ever guaranteed. They're wild animals. You know, they run around. But it was all like leading, you know, not leading up to it, but driving how many ever hours and whatever. Yeah. All for a turkey. But it was fun. All for a turkey. (laughs) Yeah, because like, that's the thing, right? Some people would be like, why would you do all that work for a turkey? Yeah, you might call us crazy, but... That's, it was, it was that's worth it. those are the ones I remember the most. I mean, like, yeah. it's yeah. all about a good story, right? And then, so then, I we mean, went elk, then we went elk and mule deer shed hunting. We found a decent amount of antlers, and we got an awesome picture with a dead turkey and a bunch of antlers. Yep. <laughs> yep, I remember that. That was good. Yeah. And then we, did we cook that thing up? Like, I, I don't, I don't think so. I don't know. Did I bring it home? You must have brought it home or something. I'm looking at I'm looking at that fan right now on my wall. Yeah, yeah, those Merriam's turkeys are just beautiful. Yeah, and he's got he's got the little like we were talking about earlier. He's yep, got the that. little feather, the one feather in his tail fan that's shorter than the rest. Yeah, I remember that in the pictures. Even the pictures, it's like there's snow on the ground. <laughs> yeah. You know, it just snowed. Yeah, and I think that is. I think that might be still the only turkey I've actually killed in the snow. Um, no, that's wrong. Uh, last year I was belly crawling around stalking these turkeys for like six hours and finally killed one when it started to snow really hard. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, shoot, that's the story. That's a good story. In my opinion, I think Ryan thinks so too. Hopefully y'all think it's a good story. It's a long, long winded <laughs> story for just, we literally got in on these turkeys. They got down from their roost to go get water and we shot one. Like you, that could be the whole story if you wanted to tell it that way. Yep. Exactly. Could have made it short, but, um, but and, that's not how we like to tell stories here in the podcast. No, no. <laughs> why, why would it be here? Yeah. It's all about the story. It's not about the end result as much. I mean, mm-hmm. that is important, but yeah, it's all about the storyline, right? Um, yep. So, in this storyline, uh, we're gonna we're gonna hit a couple of points about in, it. In um, conclusion, I guess, right? Yeah, or, or let's go like a wrap up, wrap up. In, yeah, story. a little wrap up of put a little yep, bow okay. on it, mm-hmm. or, or analyze it a little bit. Well, we're this is a work in progress. We'll we'll get better at this <laughs> uh, as more episodes come out. But uh, so first of all, Ryan. What was the high point of that story and the low point of that story for you? So, yeah, high point, I would say, was not even getting the bird. Was driving into there, bumping those that flock off, and that Tom 
uh, sitting on that hillside. I remember it like I could picture this clear as day in my brain. But like sitting on that hillside as the sun went down, like a sunset behind a turkey fanned out on top of a small ridge. That was the high point of me. Dude, you know me. what? That was I'm, the best. Yeah, I'm not gonna Ginger copy. answer. I'm not gonna <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna copy you, but like yeah, I mean exactly what you just said. Yeah. And I didn't really realize it until you just said it, but that is like if I was to Was think, that your high point? Uh well if I when I think back on that hunt, like the most the picture that sticks in my mind the most is what you just described. Is that yeah. turkey on the hill that we just bumped strutting with the sunset. Like there's something burned into my I don't know if we ever got video of it, but of that, like of what we're describing right now, but I don't think we did. That, Cause we were like, that is, what back is, out. that is what's burned into my brain. Like when you yeah. talk about this hunt. And yeah. Then, and I think it might've, sorry. It might've also been because like we realized at that moment that it was kind of ours to screw up. It was kind of like, Yep. Once we saw them on the hillside acting normal after we almost just ran them over with the truck and we were, we had no competition from other hunters and the, the landscape, I think it, that is also because you got a feeling like you didn't want to jinx yourself, but it was kind of like, holy shit, that turkey's dead, you know? Yeah, that turkey has nowhere to go. <laughs> yeah. We're going we're gonna to be there tomorrow. It's just a matter of getting a tag. Yeah. So what was the low point? Low point was scouting. <laughs> Every, everything going into it it's like oh i try to work so hard to you know try to put you on a turkey get you in these um you know the brook trout kind of didn't work out as good as i wanted as well because i don't know if harvest or something kind of changed the size structure of that lake where we went to um didn't catch as big as ones as we wanted but that low point was just scouting going into it i didn't have as good a feeling and then all the turkeys dying and stuff i'm like oh this, all, all this hard work but well, how you about know, you yeah just real quick though um, yeah. our last podcast about the bear hunt that's kind of how i was when you came over here i was kind of like not i didn't i didn't find any bears when i was Sweet. scouting but i was kind of crossing off spots to not go and then just on a whim it's like this drainage looks good. Went and yeah. like hiked up it just short and was like, yeah, it still looks good. And then we went in there and we had a great, great trip and got a bear. So like so you're saying we just gotta go hunting more. Screw the scouting. We just gotta get out there. Good things. Scouting happen. doesn't count. Just bring a gun always. <laughs> <laughs> so my um Yeah, you're low. And highs what? and lows, I guess. Yeah, Unless yeah, you yeah, want to piggyback too. off of I, uh, I mean I want I want to say that my high point was the same as you said, but I feel like that's cheating. Um, so I would say that probably we didn't really talk about the shed hunting at all, but like taking that picture, yeah, taking that picture with the turkey, the sheds we found, and uh, just it was kind of rainy. I think like raincoats and yeah. I had a cowboy hat on and I was like, that was, that was picture esque as well. Because remember as like the thermals, the heat of the day rose, like there was dew in the air or uh fog oh, yeah. Yeah. and like the fog would rise up and it like, we couldn't see, like we got to a point where it was, Oh my gosh. We couldn't yeah. see. Yeah. Like we barely could see each other. Yeah. But no, that was cool. That, that was cool. Like, you know, I am a pretty big picture guy, I guess. And I'm not a picture guy because I'm like, oh, look at all this cool stuff that I do. I'm, you know, a badass. Memories. But, like, 
it was yeah, like man. that's that picture summed up that trip pretty good besides you know the birch trout portion but it was just like two two dudes poking around in the mountains and shooting turkeys and finding antlers yeah <laughs> it was awesome yeah. <laughs> low point was probably realizing i was only going to sleep for like three hours you and your damn sleep jeepers i don't even think i napped i drove the whole damn way i know you did dude i'm i need my sleep and i just had a spotted cow and we were ready to go man i took a a nap too after we killed the turkey before we went to get oh dude do you remember we set up camp after we killed the turkey we went shut out and then we packed up camp totally (laughs) (laughs) yep yep because it was it was nasty out but um yeah, I had to take a nap then, but yeah, that was kind of like, I, I I was happy that we found the turkeys and I knew we were going to like go try to, you know, oh, low point was also probably forking over that amount of money for a turkey tag. But um, yeah, yeah. yeah, I was just like, oh, this sucks with the, the lack of sleep. That's kind of turkey season everywhere though. That's, um, that's hunting. You just get into it and it's just yeah. a grind. Okay, so high for me would have been picture, low for me would have been being really tired um and your high was seeing them on the hill and your low was not seeing any live ones before i got there everything dying all the ones you would see (laughs) every all winter they all died not not the hens but Uh yeah so so to you the tactics the kind of the a takeaway a new tactic or anything that worked for this hunt even though i don't know you know even though it was kind of quick but something that worked for you yeah um two things and this is something that like i might have like said as a new tactic that i learned from this hunt back in the day like when we were doing that it's been five turkey seasons since then and i know a lot more now but they still apply so like the one thing would be um i guess running and gunning uh like cover ground when you're turkey hunting like we saw you know, you scouted your yeah. area and whatnot, but then we, we saw we saw this Tom going up to Brook Troutfish, and then we saw this Tom and these these hens in the middle of the road. And it's kind of like, um, I guess, move when you're not seeing turkeys, and you, like, just keep moving. Turkeys keep moving. So, like, if you're in a spot and you don't see a bunch of turkeys, like, they could show up later, too, but you could also be going somewhere else, and they're there right now. But the other part about it would be being ready for when you see turkeys. Because, like, if we had... I mean, that's a different situation because I didn't want to spend the money. But if we had had a tag in our pockets, uh, we could have road dusted that first one for sure. If we, you know, we had the shotgun, um, which I'm not a huge fan of, you know, killing turkeys that way, but you could have done it. And then like, if we had, uh, we wouldn't have had to drive all that way to get a license and get minimal sleep. We could have seen those turkeys and then set up camp down the road and hunted them right in the morning if we were ready for them, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um. So like. I don't know. I, I like around here in Missoula, I feel like I always have like camo and my shotgun, my license and my truck all the time during turkey season. Cause you could be driving down a road and look out in public and be like, Oh, there's turkeys in the edge of that field. You know? Um, and then the other, the other tactic would have been, uh, just kind of like white tail hunting turkeys or more like, you know, it's, you don't always have to be chasing a gobble. In fact, you're going to kill more turkeys if you're not always chasing a gobble. Cause we didn't hear the turkey gobble one time. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, he's hend up 
how do you kill that turkey? You know, your your typical call, gobble, call, comes in strutting, you know, shoot him kind of thing, like your quintessential turkey hunt. That's not how that was going to go at all. So you got to switch up your uh, your approach at that point. And I think we did pretty well. Um, I think that looking back, I would have probably been on the other side of that stream well before yeah we started got to do that. more aggressive more aggressive right away but yeah um right. but like you were saying they're gonna go to water they're gonna come down that draw um mostly because we knew the habitat was absolutely awful for them anywhere outside of that little creek yep. um and so that's kind of what you got to do is like you know adjust on the fly and a lot of times you turkey hunt uh turkey you turkey hunt like you would deer hunt possibly um or just knowing the animal's behaviors and kind of keen in on that more than the, you know, call and trying to like trick them. You just mm-hmm. kind of ambush them. I actually killed, I've killed quite a few turkeys ambushing him. Like I ambushed that one in uh Vernal the year before. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was crazy. Cause he was just shot gobbling to a thunderstorm that was rolling through. So I didn't even have to call it was like lightning in the desert. And then he would gobble and I just creeped in on him as he gobbled to the lightning Maybe it shouldn't have been out in the middle of a wide open flat when there was a lightning storm, but um, that was one of the craziest experiences and then ended up killing him. And then, uh, yeah, I've multiple times. Yeah. Multiple times I've killed turkeys that way. But like, I guess the two tactics would be like, keep moving and change your approach. Don't get stuck in that uh, rut of like getting to the edge of an opening calling no gobble. Oh, got to move on to the next one or whatever. Or, or if like, you know, you have a Tom with hens and you're trying to set up a decoy spread and like, you know, trick him to coming over and it's not working. Like just don't stick with, don't stick with what's not working. Like find what's going to work. Yeah. Don't, like be versatile. The segue off of that. I mean, my tactic that I learned and I use all the time now is like pretty much no, the animals better than they know themselves really you think about it like because i've grown up hunting heavily dang pressured turkeys in central wisconsin on private though still and then now you hunt public and all that so so turkeys have a very good sense of location with noise so a lot of times even now if you don't have any decoys or anything to tell them that there's a turkey in that area they can pinpoint you and they always almost they pretty much always, unless they're a very, very aggressive bird, like stage up 50, 60 yards around you, you know? Yeah. And now, like, I try not to call a lot. I try to get them to tell, like, okay, I'm here, and maybe move and adapt and adjust towards them. But otherwise, what are they eating? What terrain features are they using? Like, where they're going to? Like, that's that's what I key in on. <laughs> And that's, I've killed all my birds off of that. I barely even called. Yeah, you're, you're definitely uh, more of a whitetail hunter. And so you just kind of apply what you're good at, kind of just apply what you're good at with the whitetails to the turkey scene, which a lot of people, you know, the reason they hunt turkeys is for the gobble, myself included on a lot of situations. But, you know, if you just want to kill a bird. Turkeys, aren't turkeys like the second most sought after kind of game species oh they gotta be i don't know though i don't know they gotta, if that's, be, up there. They gotta be two or three probably <laughs> these are things we need to like look up before the podcast so we don't yeah, look say it up something quick. wrong <laughs> but um 
but yeah, I mean, applying, like, you know, a lot of people don't like hunting them that way, but if you're going out there just to observe turkeys, be in the area and try to kill one to eat, doing what you're saying is like, you know, that works. Can mm-hmm. work. Um, yeah. So, you know, be versatile, keep moving, know the animal, get in close. Um, yeah, because this was not a typical turkey hunt, really. It was just kind of like a, it was honestly like a bushwhack. No, yeah. Yeah. But, it just, yeah. <laughs> a shotgun hunt, literally, with a shotgun. <laughs> yeah. But that's why we have this podcast, because we're telling all the other parts of the story that, you know. Yeah, right here. Second most sought after game animal. There you go. And that's you know crazy. how many, you know how many stories there have to be about turkeys if they're the most second most sought after game animal. There's got to be millions. So fun of fact, stories right here. About turkeys. This is a side note. Maybe to kind of conclude it. In the early 1900s, there was 30,000 birds in North America. You know that Wisconsin kills 38, 30, 30-ish thousand birds a year, <laughs> like Wisconsin really? hunters. Yes. In 2022, um, Wisconsin hunters killed 38,576 birds. That's insane. That I mean, yeah. and there's actually a lot of there's a lot of talk right now about if Wisconsin's managing their turkeys correctly, but <laughs> yeah, and Minnesota's in that ball game too. But Utah harvested in 2022 1,923. The population in Utah is like r- roughly around uh, two uh, twenty five thousand to thirty thousand, according to U.S. Fish and Wildlife. So Wisconsin kills the entire Utah population of turkeys every spring. Yes, yes. And in North America, there's 7 million um, birds. And yeah, so I mean, that's huge. Yeah, I mean, yeah, now, we will now. Conservation, little conservation angle on this. That's like a huge, I mean, I don't know how many other hunters or hunting organizations have talked about this, but the, you know, the wild turkey recovery and more than recovery. Now we're almost wondering if they should even be in a lot of the places that we put them. Yeah. <laughs> Which Utah. I think where we killed yeah. one was one of those places. But yeah. um yeah, I mean that's that's a huge success story. But now we're we're kind of in a new era with that because in the southeast United States they're really seeing a lot of declines recently and um I don't really know the ins and outs of that enough to talk in depth about it. Um, but there's a lot of combination of factors. So, you know, the fight's never over, but, and, and also one thing to think about is like, we might be in the golden age of turkey hunting right now. These are the good old days or maybe yep. 10 years ago in the Southeast. <laughs> but Yep. Totally. I mean, there's probably a peak now and now they're getting to a point where they're uh, degrading, you know, farm habitat and stuff like that in, in the mountain West out, in the midwest it's you know i don't know i don't yeah i don't know a lot about the mountain west turkey population dynamics all i know is there's a pile of them out here in the western part of montana and Mm -hmm. idaho um yeah i don't i don't know i should know more about that that is kind of interesting too because i feel like a lot of the fish and game agencies in the rocky mountain west states don't really put a lot of emphasis on turkeys just because we have elk and deer and bighorn sheep and bear and all that kind of stuff kind of the stepchild (laughs) yeah so i think it's kind of like oh yeah there's a bunch of turkeys go shoot them you know yeah yeah (laughs) um but um one thing i kind of want to get into just a hair to end this too is turkeys are amazing <laughs> you oh, know yeah. i like 
turkey my favorite does that recipe, need to be said it, i don't i think it does i think it does because You're talking about amazing to eat yes to yeah, consume yeah. um i think they're amazing all around yes because you know i i've grown up um in a small town and stuff and a lot of times they would just take the breast but and then they'd make jerky out of it and then they'd throw out the wings they'd throw out the legs everything and I, it just hurts me now to do that like you know i make broth yeah. out of the feet and the neck i make uh egg rolls and whatever out of the leg meat you can make uh, turkey wings you can make any anything you want with the breast it's better than store-bought and chicken Eat the heart, but eat the liver, eat, eat the, the heart, gizzard. giblets. Oh my god! I yeah, that's like, one thing. Everything, <laughs> everything likes to eat turkeys. Oh my gosh! You look at the predator list of a dang turkey. Everything wants to eat it. Yeah, and I think part of the reason is because those suckers are like seventy percent edible weight. I mean, like I can't think of another animal that I shoot that has that proportion of edible stuff on it. I was going to say I should fact check this because I feel like they got the most bone or meat per like body mass. Yeah. I mean, their lungs are not that big. Yeah. Their, their chest cavity is not that big. Ask a turkey bow hunter. There's pretty small target there. Um, but yeah, I mean, what I, okay. So I shot, uh, this past spring, I think I shot like, a. 18, 19 pound live weight bird. And I'm pretty sure I got like 12 pounds of meat off of the thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're a lot of meat. And I know a lot of people eat the legs now. Like a lot of people would throw out the legs, which is technically illegal in a lot of states. But like yeah. um, people still don't mess around with the wings. And the wings actually are quite a bit of meat too. And uh, I don't really cook them like you would cook like chicken wings or anything. But uh, I use the wings with the legs in a slow cooker recipe. Yeah. 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 That's the best to get the bones out of there. I know people complain about the bones, but also the turkey wing bone, the first wing bone connected to their shoulder. Yeah. That might be the most durable looking bone of any animal I've seen. Don't they make calls out of like the rib or wing or something? No, they wing, they bone? Make wing bone, wing bone calls, I think, but I don't know if they use that. I, I don't know. I don't know what bones they use, but like that first bone, the one that's attaching the wing to the body, that is such a stout bone. Like that thing would be very hard to break. Yeah. It's just stout. Yeah. You can pretty much yield 35 to 40% of that bird in meat (laughs) after you shoot it. Oh, I think it's higher than that, man. I'm just, I'm on a downfall, but yeah. (laughs) <laughs> here it says eight to 12 pounds or more usually. And, and I'm just saying like, yeah, maybe high end, you get it close to a 30 pound bird here in the, in uh, the Eastern part of the United States. But yeah, no, I mean, I've yeah. shot, I shoot the, most of the birds I shoot in Montana out here are probably right around that 20 pound range. And I get yeah, like 10 to 20, I get 10 to 12 pounds of meat off of them. Yeah. So, I mean, so I guess low end 35 to 40, it could be 50, but which is yeah. uh, great yield yeah like with a deer with a deer you're lucky to get 40 that would be like really trying yeah yeah um but yeah so i mean turkeys are just just awesome 
awesome birds, awesome yeah, ecology. I, I, mean, I could talk forever about the ecology on them too. And obviously, we have, we're going to have more turkey stories for sure. Ecology, social. They're just there's so much interesting about a yeah. turkey. It's yeah, it's incredible. But to wrap uh, it up, let's talk about like uh, overarching concept, like life lessons we pulled from this. I mean, like we talk a lot about hunting tactics and all that, but like a big part of the story too is just kind of like, you know, what did you take away as a person from like that experience, I guess. You want me to go or you want to go first? Well, you got something ready? I think I do. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I feel like if you really want something like, okay, a lot of people would have strolled up and said, Oh, there's a Turkey there, but I don't have a tag and it's dark. Like, I'm not going to drive to this random city in Utah to go try to find one and not be guaranteed a tag. Um, but if you really want it, you go get it. You got to put in the extra work, you know, to get something. So that's my overarching thing. If you really want something, you just go get it. It's the, it was there for the taking. So you just had to make the drive, not sleep and go grab it. That's, that's a good one. I mean, that to me, I do so many things. I know you do too, where it's yeah. like, you go uh, and above I, and beyond than everybody. I, I've been told so many times, I've been told so many times by friends or like acquaintances and stuff. It's like, Oh, you, you wouldn't hike the mile and a half in over five, 600 feet elevation to shoot a Turkey. That's too much work for a Turkey. I'm like, well, where's your Turkey? You know, like, I, I mean, like I wanted the Turkey and it was a great experience. And I learned all these things along the way. And that's fine. If someone wants to, you know, show up and, uh, you know, not really try that hard and hopefully maybe shoot a Turkey. And, you know, if that's what you're expecting going into it, that's one thing. It's like, Oh, I'm going to go putz around and see if I can shoot a Turkey. I feel like it depends what you want out of the hunt. You get what exactly. you put in. That's exactly what it is. That's, that's a good way to sum that, that idea up. You get what you yep. put in. And if you want it, sometimes you got to put in a lot, but if you want it, then yep. do it. Sometimes yeah. it drops in your lap. Sometimes it doesn't, but. Well, it kind of did, it kind of did both for us. It, it did both. <laughs> yeah, it, it dropped in our lap, but then it was like saying, all right, are you going to do the work or not? You know? Yeah. 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 And I would say the, um, for me, it'd just be keeping yourself. Don't, don't ever shut off an idea and it kind of, kind of pay attention to the signs that you're giving. Cause it was like, we were talking about leading up to this. It was just such a downer on the Turkey front. We were yeah. like, just like, this is not going to happen. And then it, you know, that first Turkey we saw was almost like, it kind of tickled the brain. Like, Hey, maybe, uh, maybe there are some turkeys around here. And then the, the ones we saw that we ended up hunting and, and shooting, it was like, you know, there was just that, like, I think it's just follow your gut and be open, open to change. Cause like our gut at first told us like, you know, not worth the tag. Let's focus on trout. Let's focus on sheds. And then it's like, we came to that logical conclusion not to buy a tag. And then all of a sudden that happened where they're literally right in front of us. And we kind of had a slam dunk on our hands. And they're just like, yeah, this is too good to pass up. Like my gut is telling me I should go and try to find a tag right now. You know? So it's like, be open to changing your plans when things present themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Always be willing to change. I feel like that's the important thing about this podcast is like all these stories of what we lived. I feel like it's good for us 
to like talk about it. Now I feel like too, because I for, like this one, I kind of forgot about, I didn't forget about it, but I'm like, Oh, I don't like, I don't really remember totally like what happened, you know, until we talk through it. Yeah. I mean, that's the human experience though. That's why mm. stories are so great. It's like, um, until, I add a detail or you add a detail or even just yep. hearing you yeah, say it clicks. it, it clicks. And it's kind of like that whole campfire, you know, just kind of like the history of our species. It's like people get around and talk about stuff that happened and who they did that with and what yeah. happened and where they were. And yeah, it's, it's great. I mean, like that's shoot. We're making this podcast to share this, these stories with everybody else. But at the same time, it's almost like, man, it's, we we get relive them. <laughs> Hopefully, you guys like the stories. We'll keep them coming. Um, maybe share one more turkey um, turkey story before we get into the turkey season. Then we'll get you guys you all have... fluffed up. Get your tail feathers spread. <laughs> yep. Get your waddles flaring red <laughs> <laughs> for the turkey season. Oh yeah, that's the storied podcast. This is Ryan. That's Ruben. <laughs> you guys have a good one. Hope you enjoyed.